I'm Andrew Wright, and this is The Reading Room. Tonight's short story is The Howl by Leonard Petrassi. He has a novel out now on Amazon called Star Child, a fantastical novel about superheroes that get their superpowers based on where they're born. But tonight's story is not about superheroes, it's instead about a classic monster done in an interesting way. I won't spoil the surprise for you, but it was a treat to read and excited to bring it to you. Let's get to it. Have you heard the wolf howl, the sound that echoes in your bones, that makes needles race across your skin? My grandmother used to say that all wolves howl from instinct, in memory of something long before, in connection with their ancestors. And the dogs, they howl from the remnants of instinct from when they were wolves, from the part of them that remembers the pack, the hunt, the fury. She said what makes us human is forgetting our instincts. Left in the wild, how few of us would survive. How many would know how to stalk prey, would remember how to survive snow naked, or how to hide from the hungry tiger? Few. Tonight, when the moon rose, it was as if there was a presence over my shoulders, as if I could hear a distant musical note but not see the instrument. For I was in the tunnels deep below the earth in one of the few remaining coal mines and shielded from the radiance above. My teen stiffened at midnight, casting their eyes upward, searching the rock, their eyes finding nothing against the stone and support beams. And at 6 a.m., we boarded the mine shaft, each of us stopping at the time clock to claim our hours. That was when the cell phone started to buzz, deep underground. It's impossible for the signal to penetrate. You're cut off not only from the sky, but from all life, all humanity. And now, just a few dozen feet below the surface, the flood began. Jim's phone started at first, the ringtone not changed in over a decade, his wrinkles deepening as he stared at the screen, and all the time I had known Jim, I'd never heard that ringtone. I'd never seen his screen light up or his fingers pedal across a keyboard that still used T9, but now, the device wouldn't stop vibrating long enough for him to type an answer. Sally's went off next, Sally, whose screen was so cracked that it nearly cut her finger as she swiped and who had added a case thicker than her hard hat as a countermeasure to future damage, but the damage was already done, and no case could undo it. Funny how she didn't protect it until no longer necessary, like her husband, who cheated on her after they fought every night for a month, and now she spread mortar over the cracks in a marriage that would never recover. My phone, at 4% battery, was last. As the 20 other miners trickled out of the tunnel, I switched off airplane mode, which I had been on to keep it from dying. I'd been saving it to call my own wife. It had been six months since our last date, but little Jimmy was sleeping over at a friend's tonight, and I'd been saving change for weeks to take her to Giano's, where we had first met, to share a Chicago pizza, maybe even a milkshake after, if we could splurge. But before I could call, my phone also started to vibrate, and 4% turned to 3%. From Jimmy. Dad, you have to see this. Meet me at the baseball field. From my wife. Honey, come home soon. Let's stay in the garden and look at the stars. 3% turned to 2%. From Amanda, my college girlfriend. 
Hi, Jacob. I know it's been years since we last talked, but I just wanted to apologize for being a bitch when we broke up. Not that you weren't a jerk, smiley face, but anyways, if you're looking for some fun, let's take a walk in the park. Maybe we can hide in the bushes, smiley face. From the astronomy club I had went to once, who kept my phone number since last September. Jacob, you will not believe what's in the sky. You don't need a telescope to see this. 2% became 1, and my phone began to wail. It was like one of those amber alerts where a child goes missing and you're supposed to watch for a license plate, but this message contained neither a child or plate. I'd been walking as I read the messages, but now I stopped, the rest of the group exiting 20 yards ahead of me into the moonlight. I could hear their phones wailing as well, but none bothered to look. Instead, they looked up while I looked down. Stay inside, hide, lock your doors, and await emergency services. But when I blinked, the message changed while the phone refreshed. Unlock your doors and await emergency services outside. The screen turned dark as the last remaining trickle of battery failed, and the lights in the tunnel flickered. Ahead, glancing at the reflecting moonlight, something tugged at my mind. A distant memory that seemed like a word on the tip of my tongue. An excitement, a mission, something called to me. A terrible purpose. I swallowed, then looked back towards the group. Their heads tilted back and their mouths opened, their pupils dilating despite the light. Their shoulders turned rigid and they stood on their tiptoes as their voices cut through the night as they shouted into the sky, but I edged backwards into the darkness as they sprinted away together, as a pack. I slept there that night, waiting for daylight, the mine echoing with the sound they had made before leaving and making me shake. They have remembered the howl, and with the rising sun, I walk among wolves. I'm Andrew Wright, and this has been The Reading Room, the short podcast for short stories. Tonight's short story, The Howl, was brought to you by the author Leonard Petracci, whose book, Star Child, is out available on Amazon now. If you're an author and interested in getting your short story read on The Reading Room, feel free to get in contact with me on SoundCloud, Twitter, or Reddit under the username Rusi, R-O-O-C-E-Y. Thank you for listening, and have a great night.